I long for revival, and I hope that you do as well. I'd be happy to see revival anywhere. You know, forget just America. I'd like to see revival in Canada or Mexico, Venezuela, Nicaragua, Cuba, for that matter. I'd just like to see the Lord work. I really have my questions and my doubts about the Asbury revival. When we see real revival, it's going to be people are going to repent and things are going to change. It's just not going to be a Christian Woodstock, if you, if you will. But we're never going to see revival as long as Christians don't get serious about the Word of God and don't get serious about God's people and God's house and um, uh, the house of God and the things of God. It's one thing when the lost don't come to church. It's quite another when the saved don't come to church. It's one thing when the lost fornicate. It's another thing when Christians fornicate and live like the devil. It's one thing when the lost watch filth on television. It's another thing when the saved watch filth on television. Are you with me? It's one thing when the lost don't pray, and we expect the lost not to pray. But it's another thing when Christians just do not pray. There's no excuse for a child of God to drink out of the sewer and cesspool of sin. A retog returns to his vomit and a pig to the mire, the muck and mire of filth. But it is unbecoming of a child of God. Until we clean up our lives and have a new nature, we're never going to see revival. And let's not get to this place where we think, oh man, well, it's got to be a big movement of God. Jesus with just a handful of people turned the world upside down. And so can we. Union Baptist Temple, although, man, it may be a small church tucked away in a flyover state, Union Baptist Temple can make a big difference because the word does not return void. Well, here's what has done happened. I believe that we've become accustomed to the dark. No longer is sin exceeding sinful. The motto of the church today is let us sin that grace may abound. Whereas the Bible says that's no excuse. But people are using grace as an excuse to live an ungodly lifestyle. We need to stop picking at the fruit of sin and lay the axe to the root, as John the Baptist said. Now, a lot of Christians, they think that they're holy and righteous with, uh, with God because they stand and pick it in abortion, at abortion clinics. Now, that is picking at the fruit. We need to lay the axe to the root. And the root really is a rejection of God, God's word, and God's authority. If we get right with God, abortion would go away. Homosexuality is not the root. Homosexuality is the fruit. Let's quit chopping away at the fruit. Let's go ahead and lay the axe to the root. Alcoholism is not the real problem. There is a something that's causing alcoholism. Socialism is not the root. Socialism is the, uh, is the fruit. Uh, and we need to get to the root. We need to get to the heart of the matter. We need to find that we have built our country on shaking and sifting sand. And if we don't get things right with God, this country is going to fall. It's going to collapse. And what is happening in churches today is going to determine what God is going to do. God works through his word and through his work and through the church of God. And unless Christians, they get to the heart of the matter in their own hearts and in their own homes and in their own lives and in their own churches, we're never going to make a difference in the country. Unless Christians get to the heart of the matter, we're never going to see revival. We won't, we, listen, the only way to survive is if we re revive. Now, this is what Jesus said when he preached a tough sermon that many Christians could not handle today in Matthew chapter number 23, where he said, you're a bunch of hypocrites, you're a bunch of vipers, you're a bunch of whited sepulcher full of dead men's bones. That's what he called the people that 
followed him. That's what he called his disciples. That's what he called the religious people, whited sepulchers. And he said, what you need to do first is clean the inside before you clean the outside. We need to get to the heart of the matter. We need to get to the inside and begin with salvation and let Jesus clean us up from the inside out, if you're with me here. All we have done is become modern-day Pharisees, thinking that standards are making us right with God. Standards do not make you right with God. They'll reveal that you're often not right with God, but just having standards will not make you right with God. You can be as cold as ice and be a Pharisee who fasts twice in the week and give tithes of all that you have. But Jesus said there was a publican standing afar off, would not so much as look up to heaven, smote his breast, said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. That man was saved, and that man, that publican, went to heaven, and the Pharisee died and went to hell. He was religious, but he was lost. Oh, the devil has used religion to confuse and complicate the simplicity of the gospel. The road to hell is paved with religious good works. Now, don't misunderstand me. When a man gets saved, his life changes, but you, but you change because you've been saved, not in order to get saved. Or, you, or a lot of folks, what they'll do is they'll have the doubts of their salvation, and so what they'll say, I've got to somehow get rid of the doubts, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to come to church on Sunday night, and that's going to get rid of my doubts. I'm going to come to church on Wednesday night, and that'll get rid of my doubts. Every child of God that's right with God is in church on Sunday night. Hey, man. And in the church on Wednesday night, you ain't doing nothing. Rearrange your priorities, you backslider. Come on now. So what we've done is we've tried to cover up or try to whitewash our insecurity by working real hard and thinking that if our good works outweigh our bad works, that'll tip the scales in our favor. No, it will not. Our works are like featherweight against the lead of our sin. We can never, we can never get to the place where our good works outweigh our bad works. The only thing that can counterbalance our sin is the blood of Jesus Christ that can wash away all of our sins right there. One reason why churches are full of lost people, full of tares, is because preachers will minimize sin. And no longer is sin pitch black, it's a gay gray. The Bible says that we need to make sin exceeding sinful. If we don't, we're not going to get saved. We don't see it as really sinful. There's no reason to get saved. But let's remember that Jesus died for our sins. That's what the scriptures say. It's not an awesome. Here's what's happened. We've become accustomed to it because of the junk we're watching on television. And uh, what it's done is desensitize us. We're watching guys kissing and hugging and necking and I'm talking about two guys. It was bad enough when you'd see a guy and a girl that weren't married together, necking and hugging and making bed under the covers on Hollywood on the silver screen. That was bad enough then. All the devil was doing is using Hollywood to desensitize us to get us ready for the tribulation, where sin is no longer exceeding sinful. Much of what we call today is just uh, it's a human defect, when really it's just demonic. We'll call it a wrong turn, and God calls it rebellion. We'll call it an error, and God calls it evil. We'll call it shacking up, but shacking up is not love, it is lust, and God will not bless. Are you with me?